Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time for Focus, a closer look at people, places, and things right here in our own community. And today we have a repeat offender. We've got <laughs> Rob Cracker. He's the district manager with the Davy Tree Expert Company. Thank you for coming back. Yes, thank you for having me. You'd think one time visiting with me, you'd be like, I'm done, I'm done. But you're going to help us talk about our trees today. No, this is great. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. So I think maybe the place to start would be the weather and its effect on trees here in Middle Tennessee. Yes, the, the weather this year has been a, a little different. Mm-hmm. We had a, a very good cold snap after Christmas, and it happened very quickly. So a, yeah. a lot of the, the, the liquid or the cambium layer in plants froze. And so we're seeing that damage in the brown leaves and the defoliation of the canopies. Yes. The issue is, is we went from really cold to now we are going into the 60s this week, Mm -hmm. right? So trees are going to start budding and popping bud. And we always get a really hard frost at the end of April. So whatever you do, you know, you want to keep an eye on the shrubs, but, you know, don't do any hard shearing, anything like that. Don't do pruning, even all the brown stuff that looks like it's dead. Yeah, because you may be cutting into live tissue before we wait till the spring. And the reason that's bad is because it's there's more cold coming up and now it's exposed? Yes, yes. So those all those little fresh cuts that you make that you may have made into live, living tissue uh, will actually harden off again. And, and so uh. and it's like repeating the whole process again. Okay. We had a sudden freeze. Temperatures plummeted like 30, 40 degrees in one day and went down to freezing below, like, what was it, 4 or 5 degrees? Yes. Something yes. like that. Colder yeah. than we've had in quite a while, right? Yep. yep. And it was a timing factor. It happened within 24 hours. So what difference does that make in timing? When, when you have a, a living plant, the, the, the plant is actually dormant. But when you go very cold... It has a hard time, like, kind of hardening off and getting ready for those cold temperatures. It'll be exactly like right now where we're in the 60s. It is basically responding by temps or weather. Oh, right? so now it's starting to make it, the juices yes, flow. Yes, yes. And, and so I've been seeing silver maples starting to pop, pop their, their buds. Mm-hmm. And that really, you want to wait for that as, like, longer. So uh, probably March, April. Before you prune something. Well... Before we actually start seeing leaves to come out. Oh, so. It's, it's way too early for, for buds to be popping. Oh, okay. What does a bud popping mean? When when a bud pops, that means that it's starting to leaf out. Oh, okay. And, so you see a little bud and yeah. then suddenly you see it open up a little bit. Yep. So when we're, we're in the 60s, it's telling the tree that, hey, we're getting close to spring. Oh. And now's the time to actually start putting leaves out. But if you do that too early and we end up with another hard frost the tree is going to have to go through two hard frosts in one season. So what happens? Does it make it more likely to die? It definitely stresses it out. Trees under stress may actually potentially die. Mm-hmm. But then trees uh, actually have, you know, dormant buds that actually will recover. Oh. So if, if, if the original buds, if they actually freeze over, the dormant buds will pop. Okay. So they still could recover. So... In the course of a year, the temperatures start cooling, start cooling, start cooling, and the trees, what, the sap starts to go, like, down out of the leaves. That's what makes them, all the stuff goes out of the leaves, so the leaves start changing yep. color and falling. Yep. So it's, all, the, the, basically, the sap is inside the heart of the tree, keeping it alive. Well, actually, so what, what that is called is dormancy. So mm-hmm. the tree goes into dormancy, 
and and the roots are that's a root cellar, right? So what? the nutrients of the tree goes into the roots and basically sits there until and the roots do grow in dormancy. Mm-hmm. And then once the temperatures rise, the actual fluid, it's a sunc- uh, suction, goes up into the upper canopy and pops the buds. Whoa. And so if it happens slowly, yes. then the, it has time for the sap to go down into the roots. Yep. And then the warm-up happens slowly. It has time for it to start flowing back up into the tree. Yep. But when it happens quickly, yep. all the sap is like into the tree, the stuff yep. that the tree needs to grow. And then it freezes. So now we're seeing brown trees brown shrubs, things like that, should we cut any of it? This is the great thing about nature, is nature does know what it's doing. And and so, yes, that was temperatures that was not normal. But the trees do have backup buds. They have backup systems, right? Yeah. And so we will see some die back and some potential, you know, uh, shrubs and trees die. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, you know, hopefully this will actually bounce back. Okay. I seem to have noticed an exceptionally large number of, what is it called, arborvitae? Yes. The tall green trees, kind of like a... uh, Like a large Christmas tree. Yes, but they just go kind of straight up and skinny. I seem to notice a lot of them dying this past summer. A Mm -hmm. lot of them in my neighborhood, for example. People have rows and rows of them. It's like half of them are dead or all of these are dead. Was that weather-related as well, or is there something going on with them? Or It's why I always recommend to have a certified arborist to come out to your house. There's lots of shrubs, evergreens, that look like arborvitaes. Let's say Leland cypresses, all right? Uh, I believe you're talking about emerald green arborvitaes, but there's also green giant arborvitaes. Okay. So an arborist can come out and kind of distinguish between which plant it is mm-hmm. and then exactly what's going on with that plant. If it is an emerald green arborvitae, they do have issues with drought. Oh, they, and they we did have that. Yes, yes. But at the same time, they also, they don't like to have wet feet. So they also don't like to sit in water. So they are a little bit more picky with how their moisture level mm-hmm. is throughout the year. And are the emerald green the smaller ones or do they get really big as well? Well, it, it depends. So, like, they'll still get 15 to 20 feet. It just depends on the age. Um, they just don't, the emeralds don't get very wide. They get about four or five feet wide, mm-hmm. where a green giant will get 15 to 20 feet wide. Ah, uh, so I think these are the emerald green arborvitae. Am okay. I saying that correct? Yes, yes. Because there's before... actually the, the reason why I'm saying they could also be browning out if they are having a bagworm issue. Mm. And bagworms move very quickly, and they feed on the foliage of the evergreen. Mm-hmm. And they love emerald green arborvitaes. Oh, wow. But would we see signs of that? You would. They, they kind of look like ornaments on, on, on the tree. Oh. But they move so fast that, you know, within a two weeks' time, they, do, they can do quite a bit of damage. Do they eat the foliage off? Yes. Okay, so if it's just brown, though, it's possibly from something it's, else. That would more than likely be a moisture issue. Wow. Because I noticed it as we had a super hot summer, mm-hmm. and it was very, very dry. Yep. Evergreens have very shallow root systems, and so if they're not properly mulched, if they're over-mulched, if the mulch is up on the trunk, mm-hmm. um, if there's an irrigation line break, if they're in a ditch where they're getting too much water to where they're actually suffocating, mm-hmm. um, Oh. When I say there's a moisture issue, 
there's a couple of different reasons for sure. moisture. Since we have you here, and since you just mentioned the mulch, would you talk us through the correct way to mulch a tree? Because I have seen that mm-hmm. where they pile it looks like an upside down cone all the way up like a foot or two up the side of the tree. Yep. So with mulch, you got to take it back to the woods. All right. Mulch is there to basically mimic what a tree would have in the woods. All right. In the woods, trees have leaf litter, sticks, compost, things naturally breaking down underneath that tree. Mm -hmm. And a forest floor is normally soft. All right. And so when you put mulch under your tree, you're actually wanting a natural breakdown of material. It helps hold the moisture into the ground. So the water that you're irrigating or the rain that we get, it helps instead of just evaporating off of that grass, it actually helps hold it in where the roots are Mm -hmm. so that it can feed off of that water longer. Yeah. Um, And uh, it also, you know, mechanically wise, keeps weed weed eaters and mowers away from the trunks of trees. Okay. Um, So mulch is very important. You always only want about one or two inches of mulch. Two inches is perfect. Really? Yeah. And then if you can, kind of get it about four to six inches away from the root flare of the tree. What is the root flare? The root flare is basically I-65, all right, for nutrients, right? So it's where basically the trunk of the tree meets the soil of, of or the roots of, of the tree. Oh. That's where all the, all the nutrients flow. Okay. Um, if we are doing tree injections, that's where we plug into because it gets it up into the canopy. Okay. And so you keep the mulch how far away from that? About four to six inches. Now, that's going to vary on different types of trees, but if you're about four to six inches, you just don't want the mulch right up against the trunk. And that's because? Exactly like if you had a cut on your finger and you left a Band-Aid on and you never took that Band-Aid off, all right? Mm -hmm. Your skin gets very soft. You'll start having issues. A lot of times, like your mom would always tell you, take the Band-Aid off, let it dry out, Yeah. right? That's what, you know, leaving the mulch on will hold the moisture against the trunk, which then you'll start having issues with, you know, fungal issues, potential rotting, Mm -hmm. you know, you're creating a habitat for insects. Okay. I remember somebody telling me years ago that if you pay attention in the forest, like you said, if you're in the woods, that if where a tree trunk falls on another one, they're, Mm -hmm. they're both lying there, that that point of contact is often where the the decomposition starts. Well... Uh, I would say the log that actually hit the forest floor is probably the one that's, oh, true. you know, decomposing faster. But definitely, you know, anywhere where there's two pieces of log, anything that is open to the air with moisture and rain that, that can hit it, yeah. uh, then yes. Okay. But, um, yeah. Does it matter what kind of mulch? I'm, I'm not trying to get you to do an advertisement for anything in particular, but... I know some people say they'll they'll mulch by putting newspaper down or cardboard down, and then they put some mulch on top of it. Or do you? Does it matter what type of material we're mulching with? Yeah, you you got to think it's it's very similar to vitamins, right? So like when when you go to Kroger and you look at the vitamin aisle, there are tons of vitamins, mm-hmm. right? And you look at the, the the different kinds of vitamins, and each one has different. You know, the cheaper ones have less vitamins in it, and then you look at the more expensive, and they actually have different types of vitamins yeah. in it. For instance, um, one thing that you really want to look for is, you know, natural wood mulch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting into this thing where, you know, they use a lot of pallets and things for, for yeah. mulch. Yeah. And pallets have a lot of insecticides in them to stop bugs from being transported around, right? right? 
And yes, you know, palettes are very easily dyed and they have a consistent color, but the nutrient content in a palette compared to a log that was ground up is quite different. Okay. Will it be called a certain thing for you to know that it's that? Yeah. So they, they actually say like hardwood mulch yeah. um, or they'll say brown mulch. Uh, uh, paper's fine. It's like purified water, right? Mm -hmm. Purified water has almost, you know, compared to spring water. Spring water has natural minerals in it because it's spring water where oh. purified water doesn't have natural minerals because it is purified. Yeah. Right. So, so the paper is kind of the purified form of it. Paper is just basically helping hold moisture in the ground. Okay. But nutrient content, it's paper, right? We should get hardwood mulch if we can. Yeah. It, it, and it'll actually probably cost you a dollar or two more. But really, if you're if you're trying to take care of your tree, mm -hmm. you know, you want that that tree, that natural breakdown of, of nutrients. Right. Uh, your hardwood mulch will, will be the best. A lot of times, if you're just joining us, first of all, I'm Anna Marie. This is Focus. And we're talking with Rob Cracker, the district manager of the Davy Tree Expert Company. A lot of times you'll see uh, tree spikes. Mm -hmm. with fertilizer to put in them. You'll see um, uh, sprays that you can put on the end of the hose and fer fertilize the trees, fertilize the yards. Are those helpful? I noticed you said tree injections that yep. the experts might give to a tree. Yep. What is helpful to use as, as just a homeowner? I get this all the time where homeowners are like, can't a tree take care of itself, right? Like a tree in the woods, why do yeah. we need to fertilize a tree? Yeah. Well, the tree in your front yard is not in the woods. You're taking away all the natural nutrients that that tree would normally get. Oh, right, like things that fall from other trees and yep. little animals and stuff. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, and and so and then on top of that, you are a newer house. You just have a bunch of fill dirt that tree's trying to root into. So it's not necessarily a normal environment for a tree to grow in. Fill dirt. Fill dirt. Yes. Not necessarily like topsoil and the good stuff. Well, most houses, especially, well, I, I mean, you got to think when, when they build, when they're building a new house, right. they take off all that topsoil. They maybe put, you know, six to eight inches of topsoil down, and then the rest of that is just fill, right? Yeah, um, to make everything level. And so that tree has to grow in that, right? Oh, wow. So fertilizing it will help aid in providing those nutrients that that tree needs that it would naturally get in the woods. Oh, my goodness. So the best way, they, they do have tree spikes, um, and they do have uh, granular, and then they have the stuff that you can spray on, on, on the surface. Mm -hmm. The issue with this is you, you just got to think about it, right, is a tree's root system is from the base of that tree, from the trunk of the tree, out to the drip line. So on the outer edge of that canopy, mm -hmm. right, that's the main root zone, right? And, and so... If you're putting in five stakes underneath a tree yeah. where you have a massive canopy, do you really think that those couple of stakes that you're putting in the ground is actually leaching into that whole root system oh. where the tree's feeding off of? And so re remind people what the drip line is because that's very important. Yeah, the, the drip line is from the trunk of the tree all the way out to where the tree basic, that, that canopy ends. So if you walk to the outside of the canopy and you look up, wherever that canopy ends, that's what they call the drip line, mm -hmm. all right? And so that's where your main root zone is. Okay. Um, so uh, if you're doing a granular fertilizer, uh, here's the issue with this, is 
uh, with grass, grass is only grass's roots are only about two inches below the surface. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So when you're spraying or putting a granular down, even a slow release, what's really picking up all that fertilizer? The grass. It's grass. Oh. And and it's so it's so fast growing, right? That basically. If you had a sponge on your countertop and you poured water on that sponge, that sponge is going to take most of that water. Yeah. Sure, yes, some of the counter will be wet after you pour it on there, but you know, for the most part, the grass is taking that. Oh, my goodness. So the really the, the best way to fertilize a tree is you got to get it below that root zone of the grass, and you got to get it into where the roots are, mm-hmm. which is you know, anywhere in that 12-inch 12, 12 range of that soil. Um, wow. So you, you go around and, you know, uh, fertilizer is mixed with water, which roots require, mm-hmm. you know, and the trees take up the water, which then the, the fertilizer is actually in. And so what does a, a professional tree company do? You said injections yeah. for the tree. Is that fertilizer? Or is it uh, something to fight uh, insects? What? There's all different kinds of injections, but the fertilizing injection that I just talked about is actually around under the canopy. So that would be called a soil injection, okay. right? You are injecting the soil. Yeah. A trunk injection is where you actually, it's no different than an IV, right? But it's for a tree. Huh. So like you would actually do these different injections throughout that, you know, root flare. And the tree actually drinks up from an IV the whatever you can inject fungicides, you can inject insecticides, you can inject all different growth hormones, fruiting hormones, anything. Wow. Yeah. Are there trees that we should be getting treatment like that for that we just maybe don't very commonly? A lot of times that's where I, I really weigh in on, on the certified arborist because they're going to be able to tell you what you have on, on, on your property oh. and, and really tell you, you know, the importance of you know, what to fertilize, what not to fertilize. Mm-hmm. Because really, sure, let's fertilize everything. But we're all on budgets, yeah. right? And, and, and so what trees should be fertilized, what trees shouldn't, what trees need to be protected for insects, mm-hmm. uh, certified arborists, that's why we're here for. Yeah. And I might mention that you came out and looked at our yard for free, that you've, you've helped us. Yeah. And that's partly why I invited you back, because I saw your expertise. I saw you guys at work. And you really did make a big difference in the health of our trees and our yard. Yeah. But you come out and you look for free? Yep. Yep. In, the, your, in your area? Yep. We're a 100% employee-owned company, right? And, and so basically we want to provide you good information, all right? Sometimes people call me a sales rep or whatever to do tree sales. Really, mm-hmm. I'm there to take care of your trees or your green space, mm-hmm. right? And, and so uh, if there's something there that I can help you with, that's what that's the idea behind it. Yeah. Most tree guys have a passion for trees. Really? Yeah. It's it is very hard work and you're always outside, so you better love what you do. Right. What other things should we be looking at in our trees this time of year? Are there other issues we need to be looking out for? Things we need to get ready for as we roll into the spring and summer? Yep. This is a great time of year to do tree audits. So it tree is what? tree audits, Okay, right? Go around your yard. There's no leaves on the trees right now. And, and so any cracks, any decay, any wounds that were on that tree that are hidden from leaves or vines are open, ah. right? And so you can really take a look at that canopy, right? 
um, any broken hanging limbs. That's all very visible right now. In the summer, when we get all these leaves, I get it all the time in the spring where, like, I'll get somebody like, man, um, I don't know, the limb just fell out of the tree, right? And it's like, limbs really don't do that. It, uh-huh. it, it probably was cracked, oh. and then it finally failed. Right. right. So a lot of times, if you go around or you have an arborist out to look at those trees, it's a great time of year to do that. Okay, because we can see all the yep all the tree and all of its yep. little nakedness. Yep, and uh, and like this time of year, everybody asks me, well, Rob, how can you tell that this tree is alive, right? Well, any arborist can actually tell you what kind of tree it is, not just by the leaves, it's by the bark, by the shape of it, you know, by branch structure. Mm-hmm. So uh, this time of year, it really doesn't make any difference on, on that. What do you mean, whether it's alive or? What kind of tree it is, uh, if it is in, in stress or uh, if, if it is going to have struggles this spring, mm-hmm. right? Um, the so, one thing we can't tell, this is the one thing we can't tell, is, is we can't tell what April is going to bring, right? So, like, if we have a hard frost in April, that may be hard on that canopy, which you just have us out in the spring again. Okay. But you, you, can, you can tell if it's alive because you know what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, we look at the buds. So buds oh. are the same as leaves. Oh. So if a tree doesn't have buds, then it's a dead tree. Somebody was talking about the phrase zombie trees, mm-hmm. trees that possibly are dying already or dead already and just you can't tell it yet. Is that possible? That term kind of scares me sometimes because when I think of zombies, I, I think, oh, man, we got to, you know, annihilate zombies and <laughs> get rid of zombies, right? And I, I, n- I never want people to fear their trees, right? <laughs> um, there are some trees that definitely need to be removed. Definitely arborists can help with that decision. Yeah. But for for the most part, just because a tree has an issue doesn't mean that you cut it down every time, right? Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is just because a tree is close to your house yeah. doesn't mean that it's going to do damage to your house, right? If it fell. Yeah. A lot of times, because you got to think, every foot of fall, it picks up speed and weight, right? right? So a tree that's close to your house actually doesn't have very to move right so it's not necessarily like don't just be like i'm not saying be worried about all trees around your house a lot of times trees provide a lot of protection yes so they act as wind sails they you know slow wind down uh they provide shade they keep Mm. keep the heating bills down um they're very beneficial to our you know green spaces okay so again the key would be to get a certified arborist Hundred percent. And what is the difference in an arborist or a certified arborist? Can you just call yourself an arborist? I'm sure you can call yourself whatever you want, <laughs> but a certified arborist actually has to gain what uh, like credits every year to keep up with education. Oh, right. And so uh, you have to do that. It's it's an accreditation. Um, basically, it's it's telling you know it, it's it's that it's like a, a licensed plumber, right? Can you call yourself a plumber? Sure. But a licensed plumber, you know he actually did the training that he needed to do to know about plumbing. Okay, gotcha. Right? Mm -hmm. And so there is no difference than a certified arborist. So if I call a certified arborist to the house and he looks around and he does a tree audit and gives me some idea of what it's going to cost, I I feel like possibly people feel it's more expensive than it actually is. Are there some simple procedures like maybe pruning? or something like that, that people 
can afford to get done, but they don't realize that. It's not as extensive a cost as perhaps they're thinking. Because you call a plumber, you're like, okay, I'm going to have to, kids not going to college or whatever. No, I can't speak for every arborist. Right? Sure. You want a straight shooter, right? So if I go into a car dealership, I try and get to a car dealership where I know someone, where they're going to point me in the right direction, mm-hmm. all right? And it's no different with an arborist, right? And so whoever you may call, you definitely want to, it's more of a, a, a trust issue. Mm-hmm. You should never, if you have an arborist that, you know, you he gives you a price and he drops that price by couple hundred bucks. Money is time, all right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, how are you able to discount that price that much, oh. right? And 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 so uh you want somebody. A lot of times I get brought out to properties where they're like, I want to remove my tree. And I say, this tree's perfectly fine. Just clear the house, raise it and you'll be good for 3 to 5. And right? raise it meaning to cut the limbs up higher. Yeah, raise it so off. that it'll clear the house. So the, elevate the canopy. The canopy itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead so of having just, limbs that are e- even with your bedroom window, cut that limb off. So the, the canopy, which is all the leafy part of the tree, is up yep. higher. You always want to elevate the canopy so that the tree is, you know, growing with the house, not oh. growing all over the house, right? Oh. So you don't want, you know, you want that tree to actually add to the aesthetic value. And it looks like a park setting when you have the trees that are properly cared for. Oh, yeah. I When I moved into uh, our house in Hermitage, we had a, I think it's a pin oak, mm-hmm. and the, the branches were, were weighed down, and you couldn't walk underneath it because yeah. they were close to the ground. Yep. And so we had to have those, like, we had elevate. to raise, elevate yep. the canopy by yep. basically cutting them off at the tree, right? Yep. But it looks fabulous. Yeah. That was right side of the house. Yeah, you remember. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, so, yes. And actually, the cool part about that tree is is let's go another 100 years. What is that tree going to look like? It's going to look amazing, right? So they live way longer than us. Wow. Right? So the uh, as you elevate that can- canopy, because you know the house isn't going to move. Right. Right? So the tree will grow with the house, with the property, and you create a setting. Oh, I like thinking about 100 years from now, somebody's going to really enjoy that tree. <laughs> yeah, and you get to be a part of it. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. so what about planting trees? We call an arborist before we figure out which kind of trees to plant. A lot of times the right tree for the right location, all right? And an arborist, I mean, I would love to be able to plant whatever I wanted, wherever I wanted, but it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Right? And there's some trees that are more beneficial than other trees in certain situations, right? Like what? Uh, like, for instance, if you would not want to plant a tulip poplar, which is the, straight, the state tree, mm-hmm. right next to your house. They grow 150 feet tall. Oh, my but goodness. But a Cherokee dogwood might only grow 12 to, 15, 12 to 15 feet, and you can easily you know, prune that, and it'll mm-hmm. never have any issues. Yeah. So uh, there's lots of, thi- lots of things to keep in mind. Lots of variables that a yep. certified arborist could help us out with. Easily. Now, Rob, are there any other things that you're finding of concern to homeowners and tree owners and uh, right about this time that we might want to make sure and mention that I've missed? One of the biggest things that we're going to see in Tennessee this year, because we've been seeing them the past couple of years, is emerald ash borer. And we have a lot of ash trees in Tennessee Mm -hmm. and in the Nashville area all over. And the emerald ash borer, you know, is going around. If you don't protect your tree, you will more than likely lose it. 
All right. Mm-hmm. The city of Nashville is removing. They have they have a, a, a major removal process going, and they have a massive replanting. You know, uh, program going. So see if you have ash trees. Yep. Yep. And if this board gets into them, all right, they get very hazardous because of how they actually chew on the phloem of the tree, right? Which is the phloem? The living part of the tree. Oh. So the, uh, they actually are very invasive. And once they die back to a certain amount, it's actually very hazardous to even climb them at that point. Because so then, the tree might like collapse or break yes, or fall? Yes, they, they get very fragile. Oh, so. Okay, so uh, I will be calling a certified arborist to come make sure I don't have any ash trees that I didn't know about. But also you said the re- vigorous replanting effort for Nashville. Yes. Even if we have small yards, are there trees that, I mean, you mentioned one, the uh, dogwood that only grows 10 to 15 feet. Yep. Is there a certain ratio of how many trees you sh- should have in a certain size area? Not necessarily. The biggest thing is, is keep in mind trees are time, all right? So if you plant 20 trees in your front yard, you may not have a house in, you know, 5 to 10, all right, just because you won't be able to see anything, right? (laughs) Oh, true. So uh, you really want to keep in mind, you know, don't just plant the tree for now, right? Plant the tree for the future, right? What Mm -hmm. is this going to look like, you know, in 10 to 20 and 20 to 50, Mm -hmm. right? And that's really what you want to, you know, look at trees. The reason why an arborist is good to get their feedback is they see all the different trees in the different time frames so they can kind of tell you what this is going to look like oh. in the future. Okay. I know you could speak all day about <laughs> trees and you said generally tree guys just love their work. Oh yeah. But and we really appreciate you taking time to come in. Thank you. I bet you'd rather be in a tree somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rob Cracker, the district manager of the Davy Tree Expert Company. If you have questions, we're going to put a link and more information on our website as well. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Another fun and informational topic next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.